here. Accounted for. All right. Well, welcome to. Well, you need to wait. They need to say something incriminating first before we jump into what? the episode. Yeah, that's how this works. We don't just start off straight away. Well, we're just gonna start off straight away, I think. So, what did you have for breakfast today, Malnis? Uh, I had a bit of yogurt uh-huh. before getting here. Yeah. Skur. A A or A thirty-eight. I haven't tried that one yet. Uh, welcome to <coughs> Haps Haps. Uh, we are sitting here on a lovely Saturday afternoon. The sun has just come out. It's been a horrible, horrible day. But uh, we are here with June Messiah, if you'd all like to say hello. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so we have Maunus, who is the lead singer and the guitar player. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then... Andreas, and the bass player play, mm-hmm. uh, slash guitarist... Okay. <laughs> AKA and spaghetti. Oh, also AKA known as spaghetti. spaghetti. Yes. Why are, you, why are you known as spaghetti? I've been giving that question a lot of. T- I can really not. I don't know why actually. Okay. It just happened. A guy you? called Kim gave me that nickname a long time ago. <laughs> and it just. <laughs> For no <Yes>. reason. <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> Do you actually like spaghettis? Yeah, I love spaghetti. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love spaghetti. Everyone loves spaghetti. So, but. and then we have uh, I'm Lisa, mm-hmm. and I'm the keyboard player, mm-hmm. and the backing singer. Ah, uh, the backing singer on some tracks, yes. Mm-hmm. And then finally, but not least, I'm Lee, and I play the drums. All right, and together you guys are June Messiah. And how long have you guys been working together? Well, I started writing songs for this project uh, for like six years ago mm-hmm. so I considered it my my baby child mm-hmm. and then there's been various members of the live band since then but this constellation has been like this for two years okay yeah but you you write the songs right yeah but you, you don't think you need you need a whole band to bring the whole thing to light or can you can you sp- can you play by yourself I started playing by myself mm-hmm. on some bars and uh, I actually started like one of the first shows was in Paris uh, just because I know some some uh, I have a friend a really good friend there called Suzanne yeah. uh, I known her since I was 13 and she is in her 50s oh, okay. so I was just with my ex-girlfriend going there on a vacation and uh, I was like well she suggested like why don't you play a, a show there with your guitar and I was like, well, maybe that's not such a bad idea. Because, uh, I mean, I just, at that time, it was mainly me and acoustic mm-hmm. guitar. Uh, so I contacted one, uh, like a promoter person who lived in Paris at that time. Yeah. And through her, I got in contact with a guy called Louis Legri. And he uh, just uh, started his own record label called Third Coming Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he set up the show. And I was just uh, recording an EP at that time with the first couple of songs that I wrote and uh, so I also wrote him like hey okay I see you he like uh, shared one of my songs on Facebook and whatnot so I wrote him and said do you want to release my EP and then he just uh, takes it back right after like a hell fucking yeah (laughs) (laughs) so and then yeah he Uh, released uh, a lot of the the other albums and uh, that I put out do you remember Um, what, what, what place it was it was in, I think it was a Pigal Country Club, which Pigal. is in Pigal. Yeah, super nice. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the place we've been going every time we are in Paris. It's what always that mm-hmm. that venue. Is that? Pigal is next to like Moulin Rouge mm. and Montmartre. Oh, it's the okay. old red light district. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
and also a music uh, area. There's a lot of music stores and yeah. And that bar actually has a drink now called Dune Messiah, called after. Yeah. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, Louis is bartending at the place, and yeah. uh, he named a lot of uh, the uh, cocktails there after bands that he put out on his label. Nice. So, all right, what, what's the drink now? I, I want. Yeah, know. what's in it? It's cucumber and uh, it's kind of like uh, Tom Collins, I would say, like oh, gin and ch- gin and cucumber and some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. It's kind of fresh the and the Messiah. It's kind of fresh <laughs> and uh, light, exotic. Yeah. Ish. So, I don't know if that compares to the music. Yeah, in I was going to say probably <laughs> not that much like the music. No. no. I wouldn't say it was uh, light. No. In any way. Maybe not. Well, it's something you would probably crave if you're in sand dune somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Should we listen to the the first track now that we're talking about the music? Yeah, that's, uh, that would be nice. But mm-hmm. I would actually like a summary of it because it's an interesting title, Headed for the Dances. What does that mean? Uh, it's hard to say. I think it's. I think the lyrics in that song is a mix of a lot of different things. It's a bit of a feeling of being outside uh-huh. and looking into what's happening yeah and i wrote it actually not s- that long after i had a, a bit of a dispute with the old bass player in uh-huh. the band mm. and we split apart yeah and then i kind of felt in a way angry and uh, uh disappointed so i felt like okay uh, they are gonna regret you know <laughs> all this because I'm, I'm better than that and such so it's a bit of a you know bitter feeling so it's like a, a breakup song, kind of a breakup song. So you're Taylor, With the bass Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was also some feeling of uh, environmental. Uh, everything is going the wrong way with the environment, and then I was reflecting on that. So as there's a bit of that in this. You mean like <laughs> the environment as in planet as Earth in planet, is yeah. going to the shit? And yeah. Wow. So it's got a lot of layers to it. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> but I'm not sure that it comes out the way I thought it would. I don't know how people will perceive it, the lyrics. Hmm. But do you dance? <laughs> uh, I'm actually, I love dancing. Actually. Oh, yeah? I, I, but, but I have to be uh, pretty drunk. But when I get <laughs> when I get really drunk, then I, I think I'm actually a pretty good dancer. We should probably mm-hmm. ask Lisa if he's any good. good. Yes. He is? He's good at dancing? I'm just nodding over here. <laughs> So then we have to ask Lee, does he dance in beat? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know. I remember, my, I think my best, uh, or, or my most clear memory of uh, you dancing, Manus, was actually on your wedding night. That was, uh, mm. that was a lot of, uh, of really nice dancing. Yeah, Lisa and I just got married in August. <laughs> Congrats. Oh, <right>. Thanks. <laughs> so there was a lot of dancing. There was, yeah. <laughs> and we head to the dances or oh, for the dances yep
Say 
I think uh, the first question I have, um, I think on discovering your band, or knowing Lee and then hearing the name of his band, why Dune Messiah? Is it a better book than Dune? It, I think it's a better book than Dune. Mm-hmm. But uh, I must say that I also, after picking the name, because I just felt this sounds so cool and it's it's a great imagery. And uh, and then afterwards, I had a like, okay, people are just going to say, that's, that's a book. Mm-hmm. You can't call your band name from a book mm-hmm. so i had a bit of uh, you know can i really do this and then i decided to stick with it because it i don't know it felt like um people had already starting to know about the band and mm-hmm. and i thought well there's a lot of people calling funny names for the bands so it, it's just stuck and i'm now i'm now i'm happy with it is it a prerequisite that everyone has to read it before joining the band, have you have you all read no. the June? No. no, no, but I actually got it for my birthday last year, but I haven't read it yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's long, and it's involved, but it's it's a pretty good book. What's, I mean, the, what's yeah. the book about? Yeah, I have no idea. I I, no I idea. haven't even read Dune. <laughs> Me neither. In the in the first book, this main character is like a, it's an epic, and he is he uh, lives on this desolate. Uh, isolated uh, planet only with uh, sand and he's there with his mother after yeah it's, i don't want to go into the whole book but he's like there for a long time and he ends up being the 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 master of the universe basically mm-hmm. and then in the second novel he is already the master but he starts he has a really a lot of uh, skills and people are trying to overthrow him from the and he starts to get a bit like uh, evil in a way mm. like um, mm-hmm. misusing his power yeah and so he ends up uh, becoming bl- uh, blind but he's still spoilers even, everybody spoilers mm, yeah there's, there's, there's gonna be a soon there's gonna be uh, some films yeah you know, yeah i've seen the trailer already i think mm-hmm. it's i don't know if it's out or they're gonna wait to no they've delayed it until october this year yeah it was supposed to come out last year another corona delay yep but the really like mm. cinematic thing about it is this planet is inhabited by these huge sandworms mm. that eat people. We are the mm. sandworms and we are the ones that eat people. <laughs> it was like a precursor to a lot of like popular sci-fi. It was the first one. It's also a bit games of Game of Thrones-ish in that there's like lots of politics in it and there's lots of infighting and it's really good. Mm. But it takes a, t- a while to read it. Yeah, it's As- huge. Aside from the, from the book, what would you say? Is something that inspired you to become Dune Messiah? Mm. Well, um, I before starting Dune Messiah, I was playing in this rock band called The Woken Trees. And it was like post-punk, epic, with a lot of distortion guitar. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was like a really rock band. And then when I started writing the songs, I had a different feeling, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, that I wanted to explore. And it's, uh, I, like I, I wanted the same kind of aggression that was in this yeah. post-punk yeah. band, but I think that it, I got tired of the whole epic, huge sound, and I wanted something to sound a bit more raw and mm-hmm. real and honest in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I am very inspired by Leonard Cohen, and especially his early records. I find that they have even more aggression or honesty than yeah. epic rock crazy punk bands okay because of his uh, his voice i think what do so, the the rest of you guys think about his answer to that question what would you say do you relate to it 
Is this something you've always wanted to do or you thought it was a good experiment and like, okay, let's go for this? I would say what I really, um, when I first uh, got to know you, uh, Lisa and I, we used to be friends for a long time, but mm -hmm. uh, Lisa introduced me to Maunus and I went to see uh, you play in the old constellation with the, a drum machine and everything. It was pretty different from, from today. But what I really, really loved about it was actually the contrast, the, the thing about it being um, the, the sound of the acoustic guitar that drives it, but it's still at the same time, it, 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 has, a, <coughs> it has a very clear rock image yeah. uh, with a lot of both traditional references, but also more contemporary. But what I really loved about it was that you, that you so deliberately stick with that acoustic guitar, uh, that, that, that really did it for me because there wasn't anything that I've, I've, I've ever done before. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted to, and also that I was not replacing like another drummer. Yeah. I um, I was asked to do like a live drummer take on what mm -hmm. was already there. Yeah, that did it for me. I think. So you were brought in to to replace the machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that was also the, yeah because that, and still it, that there was some uh, requirements Manus had about that, uh -huh. especially about still being true to that mm -hmm. the, the song's original form but at the same time contributing with a more like live um, human <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, how, how does the piano influence the, the band's music i think maybe it can uh, replace some of the electric guitar elements maybe mm -hmm. and also some of the bass elements mm -hmm. i think what i really like about <laughs> this Band, or at least Manus's music is that if you listen to what he made from the beginning till now, yeah. it's like following a good friend in his or her development as a human being. You know, mm -hmm. you, you see mm -hmm. a person and then you know this person for 10 years and you can just see that person get more and more mature. You can see the person evolve. Mm -hmm. And that's the same with this kind of music that it's ever changing. And also the style of it is changing. I think it's becoming very different from the first album or the first EP, but it's very much the same person or the same personality. Mm. I think that's yeah. very interesting in, in this project, actually. I think if you if you look at the YouTube videos, um, there's a couple of comments underneath, particularly, I think, headed for the dancers, where they're like, oh, I don't know about this new sound. It's a bit different from your EP. <laughs> and then there's Maunus underneath being like, no, but I think it's good to change. <laughs> it's good to evolve. Like, we don't want to be like, making the same music. I thought it was yeah, really nice. Wow. No, I'm gonna defend my. I'm gonna defend my development. Wait, wait, hold on. Do you actually reply to comments on YouTube? <laughs> There's at least one that I read. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sometimes. That's a that's a deep hole. You if you ever go into that, just <laughs> just let it be. If you enjoy the music, and I, I need to know about the bass player. Like, yes. What is what is the particular sound you add, add to to Doom Messiah? It's, it's it's actually a pretty new thing that I play bass uh -huh. in the band. I started playing electric guitar, but that's also the whole point we're talking about. Like Dune Messiah has always been so transforming mm -hmm. because I've been known, known Manu since I was 18. So and I've been listening to Dune Messiah for six years as a as a what's it, spectator. Yeah. And then you always you always need some some guy to play shows. Like, <laughs> you know, I need a drummer. Can you help me out? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know a guy like that. Maybe he can play. And so so it was like I was just waiting for your call because <laughs> you needed someone. And then I started playing electric guitar. And then we found out that that bass. We we, we needed that bass because yeah the keys are doing that thing. So, and it's also 
fun for me because it's a new thing. I'm oh, really yeah. Dude, I'm Messiah really is always playful. I'm really flattered that you told me that you were just waiting for me to call. <laughs> I didn't know that. And also, like, uh, and I also found out that you called my brother before me. And you didn't go. So. No, it's okay. But you but play no. you play in another band, right? Yes. It's called Ona The Ona Jordiske. Yeah. The On the Earthians. Mm-hmm. And, the you, and you play electric guitar for them yes. or you play bass as well for them? I play electric guitar. Okay. So this is like your alternative. I'm yeah. be in this band and play bass. I'll be in this one and play guitar. Yes. That's quite nice that you have that variety. Is anyone else in another band? No. Not for no. me. It used to be in different... Yeah, oh, so I, I played in several, but but right now only uh, Dune Messiah. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, How do you feel your songwriting has developed during this past five, six years from um, your first EP until now? In what sense uh, do you mean developed? Phoebe knows the how to genre-wise answer that. Wise or? Uh, yeah, I mean, your your style has changed, as we've talked uh, about, across these EPs. Was that a deliberate choice or did it just happen that you were mm, like, oh, now I'm really into more sort of echoey keyboards and therefore it's going to be more expansive this time? Sometimes it's deliberate and sometimes it happens all by itself mm-hmm. because you get older and you learn more things. Uh, music, sometimes it's a bit like uh, wine or certain genres. It's like uh, you learn to discover different flavors as you taste it more and more. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, I mean, sometimes I also have these uh, wake-up calls in the middle of uh, something where I realize, okay, this is this is something that I need to, a road that I need to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially um, uh, on this latest uh, record that uh, we're doing now, I'm a lot more inspired by different keyboard sounds from the like 90s and yeah. late 80s, especially the quirky keyboard sounds. Hmm. That sounds a bit like it. You know, you can tell it's supposed to sound like a saxophone, but it's like not a saxophone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yep. These kind of sounds. Um, But I've always kept a love relationship to like drum machines, and uh, there was a new folk tradition where you use drum machines together with acoustic guitar to have this like cold Joy Division esque sound mixed mixed with this acoustic and uh, um, analog. Uh, a bit warmer. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I f- I find that I think that mix is really cool and nice. Um, But yeah, it's it's developing in a more um, recently. It's also developing in a more uh, exotic way. Like it used to be really, you know, uh, emo-ish. I would say mm-hmm. the early songs is like Weltschmerz and uh, I feel terrible and blah blah. And it's it's becoming a bit more light and funny and you know danceable, I guess. So. Uh, and what about what about the lyrics? Have they also developed? Definitely. Uh, Yes, I've been writing lyrics about a lot of stuff that has happened in my life mm-hmm. throughout the albums. And I guess now I'm more inspired about what's going on in the world in a way. Okay. It used to be a lo- very personal. Yeah. And now it's um, I pick stuff up from books as well hmm. and just find words that that trigger something inside me. It's it's uh, you know it's it's hard to put into words especially but yeah yeah i think we might have already 
covered it in a way. But I mean, when I listen to your music, I think immediately of Nick Cave. He yeah. has this like stage personality and this persona, and he's very narrative music um, that tells a story often about some shipwreck or, you know, mm. giving a girl a rose and all of this stuff. And yours has a similar, I think, your music has a similar vibe. Is is Dune Messiah a persona that you take on, or is it just? It's also a persona, but it's also very personal. Yeah, I think it was more personal than a persona, mm-hmm. but it became a persona, in a way. It started as a like a deeply personal uh, outlet, mm-hmm. and it became a, like a I guess a, pers- a character that you st- that you uh, um, change into when mm-hmm. you go on stage. Mostly. Yeah. Also, in your music videos, you have a very strong like aesthetic for like, yeah. this sort of vintage big puffy shirts and yeah. poisoned apples and all of this yeah but i actually used to hate nick cave and i wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't actually at all inspired by nick cave mm-hmm. uh, ever like i listened i tried to listen to his records and some of them i, I like but it's not it's really not that, I, that i'm that inspired by him no. it's really funny because i considered him to be a bit too much and i thought he was a bit fake yeah know? it's very and dramatic I, to me, Leonard Cohen was the real deal. Mm-hmm. He was the yeah. one that that spoke things the way they were, and mm-hmm. he was like, and I th- it felt like Nick Cave was was uh, trying to be something, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a way. I could see that. Yeah, I could, I could agree with that because I can't understand why there's such a fascination with Nick Cave in Denmark. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, like he's a god in Denmark. He's like mm-hmm. everyone loves Nick. He Cave. has become a god at least. Yeah. Yeah. And but I, yeah. has it has it always been, or was it just this no. recent push the sky away? I think was the yeah really was the one that, that brought yeah, yeah yeah that's like, that's the one who got all the mainstream listener yeah, yeah. The, he, co- he couldn't sell he couldn't sell out Vega like just a few years earlier yeah yeah and now I mean, it's like three nights in Royal Arena yeah, yeah. and there's like seven thousand seventeen thousand capacities in Royal Arena right mm. Jesus something like that yeah yeah. I mean, I like the Dirty Three, like the, the musicians. But yeah. Nick Cave can... Fuck off. No, but... Um, yeah, it's a vibe. It's not It's not for everyone. I'm also not yeah. particularly a big fan. It just... Uh, I gave it a listen, too. I was like, okay. Uh, I'm over it. Like, <laughs> next track, I'm over it. Next track. You can okay. only listen for like one or two songs. And oh, then it's no. Like, yeah. My housemate can listen to it for hours. Okay. But but I did like Grinder Man. Mm, yeah, he had. That was interesting. Yeah, I but agree. Uh, but anyways, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious of how you went from talking about personal things in your music to now focus on on things going on in the world. Like why that change? I don't know if it was a drastic thing or gradually you went into that. Like, why is it that it's important for you to talk about what's going on in the world now compared to before when you were talking about what was happening to you personally? Well, maybe you can consider it in a way like if you if you cut yourself really deep, mm-hmm. at some point it's going to stop bleeding. Yeah. But if you want to continue, you know, having something to say, yeah. then you you start opening your eyes towards uh, other other things. Mm-hmm. I guess and that's what, a very natural way of What are the things in the world that kind of, you know, that affect you the most or you wish to talk about the most? Mm, I think the, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I think it's kind of strange that uh, there isn't a lot of, I think there's so much going on at the moment, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really feel like it's been mentioned in, uh, in music or okay. culture. 
at least mm-hmm. uh, yet. I think uh, definitely uh, regarding uh, uh, ethnicity, I think uh, in the arts world is a lot of, in the movie as well, they touch upon new subjects uh, such as identity mm-hmm. and sexuality yeah. and such. But I th- I've kind of missed that in, in music, actually. So let's let's roll it back a bit. But uh, I want to know, when did music enter your life? Oh, um, it was... Um, it's Yeah, let me just think about when to start. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big question. Yeah. Well, my parents got divorced and I moved to the from Copenhagen to the north most northern part of Denmark. Yeah. And we lived out in the countryside and I used to live in in Copenhagen mm-hmm. in one of these social uh skyscraper. It's not a skyscraper, but it's like a tall mm-hmm. uh, cheap apartment place yeah. with my mom and then we moved to the like out in the countryside there was nothing but fields and um my mom's new husband he had a other son from a previous relationship so i had like all of a sudden i had a stepbrother and he was like eight years older than me mm. and he started playing nirvana to mm. me uh-huh. and i was like whoa this is uh, this is the shit <laughs> <laughs> and that i think that was my first real you know but like just before that i heard uh, his father was german no he was from switzerland mm-hmm. so i heard uh, nina 99 Luftballon from from germany It's like a 99 uh, 99 love balloon. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super that one. Yes. one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was that was the the very first, you know, music experience yeah. that was it really st- struck me super oh, hard. Yeah. And then after that was Nirvana. Yeah. And then complete opposite. Kind of went from there. <laughs> 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 yes. Yeah, from Europop to I mean Nirvana is its whole thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but did you you heard Nirvana and you're like I want to make this or were or, just... or it was that when you were like I want to join a band mm. or I want to start one? I I think actually that was when I started also playing a bit guitar in my in my bedroom mm-hmm. and learning you know it was like the first riff that I learned and then uh, my cousin and I we started playing a bit together with some other guys and then we formed a band and when we were like 14 years old oh, I think nice. and then that was that was what became the Woken Trees like we played ah. together for 10 years wow <laughs> yeah how about for other people <laughs> I want to go around the room a little bit mm-hmm. yeah. so I feel like uh, you're talking too much I know I know <laughs> I know that um, I know that Lee has been involved in music all of his life. Yeah, I I I started playing drums when I was I think eight or nine years old. Oh mm-hmm. shit! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think my my parents thought that to learn an instrument was like, like the best thing you could do. So uh, so instead of like signing me up for soccer practice or swimming, then mm-hmm. they tried to push me towards first the piano, and then when they figured that I that that I wasn't really interested in that, then uh, <laughs> then then they bought me a drum kit before I even like wow said anything about it. So <laughs> did you did your parents play music? Well, yeah, they both did. Uh, yeah, um, makes sense. I also think like my grandparents, they also played, and so it's probably it's just. One of those families where that, family. that's really uh, that's really something to do. <laughs> yeah, 
so you have that in common and yeah, yeah. forget learning French we're just yeah. going to make you learn the drums exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no drummers in my family other than me so oh, no well. competition there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a like a family band do you all get together no and no play no on never like Christmas it, or it never really happened at the same time but I, I played a few times with my dad he's still like a practicing musician so I played a few times with him uh, that's that's pretty fun to do what does he play uh, my, my dad is a singer and um, I played at these small uh, like small private events with him where I was actually just replacing another drummer but it was yeah. really fun to do um, to do that together yeah. and and like being really professional about it, like yeah. with the same like requirements and expectations that 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 he would usually. Mm-hmm. So that, that wow. was that was really fun to try. Yeah. I've um I've tried working with my mum once. She works in she used to work in an office and she employed me as like basically an intern. I was making coffee and <laughs> photocopying stuff, and it was just the worst experience I've ever had <laughs> as a working person, just being told what to do by my mum and I was like 17 or something and I was just like, no! Yeah, and she was always telling me off for being late and all this <laughs> crap. But uh, I imagine it's slightly different when you're... Yeah, yeah but, it, but at the same time was also something really awful about it because I really wanted to, to, to do good. I really wanted mm. to excel mm-hmm. and then my dad was just like, no, we're not going to rehearse at all. You're just gonna, you're just gonna, gonna be giving a list of songs that we're going to play and then just know them by this day. <laughs> so, uh, so that was really like, okay, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm used to like at least one or two rehearsals before mm-hmm. the show. But, but then he said, like, oh, the other guys, the money is not uh, it's not that good, so they don't want to spend time on rehearsing. So, <laughs> <All right. laughs> so <you> know, <laughs> but uh, that was fun. Just be thrown yeah. into something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Lisa, yeah, uh, coming from a family of farmers, uh, I had a, like a huge hunger for any kind of culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then my parents forced me to play Spanish guitar when I was a kid like a lot and I was just sitting wow. in my room all alone playing Spanish guitar and then <laughs> I thought I might be better if I play the piano and then I got a piano and then I started to play always alone in my room and I never really formed any kind of band or played with any other people so I just gave it up when I was like 20 or something and then yeah. at some point exactly 10, le- 10 years later Manus was playing uh, a gig at uh, a place called Spot Festival yeah. in Denmark in Aarhus yeah, and he forgot to like check out with the other band members if they, you know, were up for playing this gig, and they couldn't play the gig. And yeah. I was like, okay, maybe I could just do it alone. And then he was like, Classic. you play piano once, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's like ten years ago. And then <laughs> that's what I really love about your way of like seeing music and playing music is just so open-minded and so like, you know, it's not. It's I'm I'm coming from kind of like a. Like the the work that I do is like you really practice, you really rehearse, you really do a lot of mm. preparation, but yeah. you kind of like f- just threw me into this. And then my f- I I had two weeks to practice for like a concert. Uh, so I played my first like gig when I was thirty years like on my thirty year old birthday. <laughs> uh, so I had to wait like ten years for for that, but it was it was cool. So now we we play a lot together, and and music came into my life again. What was it like to? that first performance do you remember yeah i was crazy nervous i couldn't almost like touch the the, mm-hmm. the keys because i was so nervous but uh, then we after going on tour for several weeks where you play every day mm-hmm. kind of get more used to it mm. yeah but of course there's a like you know you all like really good musicians in this band and then you just 
step into the room, you know, as the person who haven't played for 10 years. And yeah. it's, I did, I did a practice a lot yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 to kind of like get leveled <laughs> in a way. Yeah. For sure. What do, what do you, I know this is a really dumb question, but I've always wondered it when I go and see live music. Like, how do you decide what to wear on stage? I, I know it's a really stupid question, but particularly if like, I mean, I'm turning 30 very soon. And if someone was like, you're going to play live on stage for the first time in your life next month, I just wouldn't know. Like, how does one dress? How does one behave <laughs> on stage? Like, it's, yeah, the whole thing is very intimidating. I'm, I'm impressed that you could do that. Yeah. Uh, I Good also question, did a lot of fuck-ups uh, <laughs> through this <laughs> musical career, but uh, I think getting more and more grounded, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I like to tone it down a notch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At some point it was very important what kind of nail polish you were wearing, now it's not that important. <laughs> <laughs> but we all dress up and it's really yeah, fun, yeah. like I put makeup on all of you guys and like mm-hmm. lipstick and stuff. And that's actually really something that I love because I feel like this really strong connection between us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When I gets, when I yeah. when I like do your hair or like mm. I, I really think that it's pure love in this yeah. band, mm. and we yeah. also share some of each other's clothes and stuff. Mm. Yeah, mix and match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's nice. Mm-hmm. Let's do one more from over here. Spaghetti. <laughs> Spaghetti. What was the question again about <laughs> the? How did you first get into music? Music in general or playing music it? Music in general. Music in general. Oh, also really late. I'm also from the north of Jutland and my mm. parents uh, live in the same little city and uh, were high school sweethearts when they were 17 and uh, all that. So, And my mother doesn't listen to music. She only had like one, like uh, when when you burn like these CDs with yeah. the share, I think, uh, the nice. share greatest, which, which is yeah, fucking great singer, and I love share, and I also have her t- tattooed on my body, but hey. <laughs> and and my father listens to like Bruce Springsteen only, so so oh. so the whole how you can find music was also a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. Because when you're growing up in a place where everyone listens to Scooter and driving around in their cars and listen to like 90s banging techno, that was all you could listen to. So it was in high school, I think, I, I actually knew about Beatles or the Rolling Stones and yeah. stuff like that. That was really late. And I also started playing guitar uh, uh, at when I was 21, 22. Okay. So just before I moved to Copenhagen to play with my friends yeah so. wh- what was the first album that you ran into you were like oh shit this is me oh. <laughs> and i feel it <laughs> oh also uh smells like teen spirit yeah nirvana and new order stuff new order okay and i remember you you and your brother listened a lot to black rebel motorcycle club in yeah the definitely oh. great great band that. yeah we you're right it. you're right yeah. uh, that the uh, whole twangy yeah. thing slight uh, slight uh, thing Definitely, mm-hmm. and and I actually still do. Hey. So yeah, nice. So yeah. like the classic rock stuff, I uh, I I always love. Black Rebel is also classic rock. Yeah, I think. Yeah, in a, in a more messy way. It does fit. And yeah. I also like one. I think like one of my most like inspirational bands actually is a Danish band called the Ravenettes. Ravenettes, yeah. And also that's that was also how I wanted my guitar to sound like yeah. really, really big and and messy. Messy and fuzzed out. Yeah, yeah. Ravenettes are quite big in back home. Yeah. So. Are they Danish? Yeah. I Half. Well, what? Well, the girl is Danish. 
They're both. They're both. They're both Danish. Yeah. I have no she's idea. Just a, she, her name is Sharon Fu. I think maybe maybe her one of her parents is oh, okay, okay or something. But she was. They're mm. born and raised in Denmark. Oh, they both are. Okay. Oh. I had no idea. I have I have one more question before we move on to listening to song two. Uh, mainly about your lyrics, I guess. We'll go back to that. Do you really have a current cousin, Berenice? No, it no. was. I actually <laughs> read the novel of Edgar Allan Poe, mm-hmm. and uh, that was uh, that. That kind of threw me off that uh, novel. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it's not called a novel. It's called a short story. Yeah, and yeah. Danish is called novella. So mm-hmm. it's a short story, and so I actually just the, took all the lyrics from that. All like right, all of them. It's all inspired by Edgar Allan Poe. It's not inspired. It's taken. <laughs> I stole it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't write the lyrics. Only oh, the chorus. I'll have to listen to it yeah. again. Cause yes. I, yeah. And read. You should read the short story in the same because it's the same. I just t- took out sentences and fit it into the song. Ah, oh, sick. But your second song is not Cousin Berenice, but it's uh, a song that you haven't released yet. So this will be on the next yeah. EP it's album. Album, yeah. It's going to be a full album. Yeah. And do you have any plans for when that will come out? Or is it very early no. days? No. It's, um, I think it's gonna, like, no, I don't know when it's gonna come out, actually. Okay. But I, I mean, I imagine and hope it's gonna be out in around October, November. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think it's gonna, I mean, I want to, I want to send out this out to some new record labels that I haven't been working with before. And mm-hmm. that I know that can take some time. Yeah. So you're no longer so working with third coming records? Actually not. Okay. But I'm working with Aufnahme und Wiedergabe in Berlin. Mm-hmm. But that is like a recent recent thing. Okay. Uh, so I kind of want to explore what's, what else is out there. Yeah. I guess. Can you tell and us take some time. a bit about the, the song? Um, uh, I think the song is one of the examples of uh, me trying to sound like Flamingo. Hmm. and being inspired by i guess a more spanish uh yeah. mexicanish thing and on the on the record there's going to be like trumpet playing some of these melodies and uh, i just thought that was to me a very you know refreshing mm. uh way of of moving mm-hmm. towards new territories mm-hmm. songwriting wise I have to say, Andreas looked a bit surprised when you said flamenco. Did you not? No, no, I, I totally <laughs> agree. I mean, like when you played your new stuff, I was thinking a lot about like uh, Julio Iglesias, Enrique yeah. Iglesias' dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like, well, there was a lot of like great uh, acoustics and and stuff like that, but it's still f- filled with like corny, stupid synth stuff. But it's really powerful and live. So yeah, I totally agree, flamenco. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what is the song called before we listen to it? It's called In Front of Others. Cool. And it's the first time and anyone is going to hear this song. <laughs> a, wor- a world premiere, guys. A world premiere on Hapsaps. Here we go. Fool, girl. 
beyond that are you guys thinking do you have any any gigs there's two uh, important factors in that question one is the coronavirus Mm -hmm. sure and the other one is uh, me and lisa having a baby in like four months no three and a half three and a half something but who's counting (laughs) so (laughs) we're gonna throw that baby out and then we're gonna go on a tour Mm -hmm. and then Yeah. Who's gonna come out? And you gotta wait until eighteen. When the it's baby gonna be 18, twelve years old, and, and then we're ready. To yeah. 
<laughs> no, I mean... We do have a studio in our apartment, and we yes. said that we want to postpone uh, having to making it into a kid's room for as long as possible <laughs> and just keep on having all that mm. gear in, in the room. Mm-hmm. So when there's time, it's just in go into the studio and just make a lot of music. And then, yeah. Mm. yeah. So uh, I think... I think the future is bright. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, because we're having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, but I mean, I, I can't stop making music. Yeah. It's just not possible. So that will continue forever. Mm. Yeah. I think. But I think uh, I'll enjoy seeing how much your writing style or songwriting would mm. change after you yeah. have a child. Yeah. How it's going to be a big inspiration. Yeah. I think maybe. There's there's one thing I've always heard, and now now I want to confirm. Do you sing to to her? Well, stop, I don't know what to say. What, what do you call that? <laughs> do you sing? Do you, do you sing, sing to your unborn child? To the unborn child. <laughs> no. I could do that. <laughs> I haven't done, but but, uh, but yeah, I think it it gets a lot of music in, like do Messiah from the rehearsal space. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I think mm. that's enough. I would feel very awkward. But can I just say one thing about the whole? development of the of Doom Messiah and the yeah. songwriting and yeah. like now this more happy feeling or as you say also interesting in like the world uh, that you're interested in what's going on around you I think mm. for me what I could see from when I met you till now is that there is still some kind of aggression in this mm. light flamingo feeling it's sort of like the world is ending and now we're just gonna have a party because who the fuck gives a shit and yeah, 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 yeah. it like that provocative aggressiveness yeah. is very still there i think yeah. and i think that it's a kind of like an irony to just have a party because the shit's like the, the hit the fan right yeah so that's at least how i f- i really see the new kind of like style that there's like a glimpse in the eye or like some sarcasm in in having fun mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah at least that's how i also read your lyrics Having uh, fun in the apocalypse. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's uh, it's yeah. pro- how is it like a it's a provocative thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like playing For the sure. violins while the Titanic sinks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I th- I, I always wanted to uh, be a bit uh, thought provocative for mm-hmm. having to people to be like not really know what they what they're gonna think about it. In a way, in a way, I really kind of like love the the way the comment that that guy wrote on YouTube because like I don't really know what to think about this, mm-hmm. and I kind of like that that yeah. people are gonna like this is weird. Be this surprised. is yeah. this is mis- you know uh, mysterious is a, is a terrible word, but you know <laughs> make people want you know like want interested to, in a way where they're yeah. like kind of curious to figure out what is going on. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, that's a good. That's a good place yeah. to be in. Do you have a Do you have a title for the new album? Um, I think I'm going to call it uh, "Out of This World." Okay. Yeah, that's been. Uh, that's been. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. That's good. <laughs> out of this world, because it, it's about you know it's about being out of this world, and out of this world is also, a, you know, expression about something that's really really yeah. good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> which I thought was fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cool. But um, up until recently, I mean, I know you guys have toured a lot. I know um, that you've done like generated a lot of uh, interest by touring around Europe and sitting in the back of a dirty van in Lille and meeting some weird people. But from now on, I guess you'll have a baby with you. That makes a significant difference to how much you can tour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have you have a few gigs lined up, right? That are you going to play in Copenhagen? Yeah, just one. Just one. But. Um 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've been Dune Messiah has been like a touring thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's been part of the story. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I really hope that we can, and I imagine that we're going to do that again at some point uh, in a in a different way. We'll find we'll find a way. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe bring a babysitter. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll stay out for a while. Yeah, like the what do you call those headphones? Yeah. <laughs> well, Phoebe's <laughs> available if you want to hire a babysitter. You know. Okay. Awesome. Why me? I don't know. <laughs> Are you not available to babysit, Jerry? I've babysitted for a long time. I'm tired of it. <laughs> no, no yeah. not anymore. No, fair <laughs> enough. So I've had my my yeah. fair share. But I am. Um, I also really hope that it's going to be possible. <clears throat> With, I mean, just the whole coronavirus has been mm. really yeah. devastating on just especially smaller venues. I imagine in, in, in Denmark, it's, we're lucky because we have this governmental fund, yeah, fundamental yeah. thing that these menu can keep keep uh, being open. But I imagine it in all over Europe and especially outside of Europe, it's going to yeah. be really different really to go different. out after this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. For a long time, Yeah. So yeah. I, I really don't know what, what kind of world it's gonna, we're going to go out yeah. to. You know, if it's going to be possible. Yeah, for sure. For I mean, sure. I have a I have a friend in New Zealand where they have zero coronavirus issues at the moment. They have no cases, mm. and she was at a festival yesterday, and it's just teeming with people. It's like, you know, it's but like it was here two years ago, and like no one's thinking about it. It's packed. It's it a shitty like a festival, really though. Hmm? It's a shitty festival. No big names are going. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, New Zealand uh, has some good artists. I mean, anyway, just that <laughs> just the vibe. But I mean, as a European looking at that, you get a bit anxious looking at all these people so close to each other. Yeah. But they're not thinking about it in New Zealand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I hope that will happen that's, to us at some point. We just have positive. to wait for it. I mean, it will, that sounds positive. Yeah. But R.I.P. to Tape Narhus. Yeah, yeah. 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 Actually, the, the, it was just announced. Like briefly after we played there last yeah. time, yeah, just like, like a week or two after we were there, yeah. oh, and it sure. got announced. Yeah, we we were fortunate enough to play two shows in October, was it? Like, yeah, yeah. I think and there was just like this small window before I just got shut down again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when when's this concert that you're playing? It's been delayed, right? Yeah, it's in May twentieth. And where will it be? It's it's Stairway in Van Luzer. Ah, okay, yeah. with of the Wand and the Moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a band that we've been playing with uh, on a lot of other occasions, also in Berlin, uh, Germany, and Berlin and uh, Copenhagen. So right. it's a g- he's a good friend. So if you want to go and see these guys live, you can book it now. Yes. Yes. I think so. Actually, yeah. Yeah. They're playing at Stairway. Yeah. In Van Loser, go and go and see them. They yes. need all the support they can get. Playing their first gig in months. I think I will be there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and buy some tickets. Awesome. <laughs> But otherwise, we can find you on Spotify and all of those good yeah. things, Bandcamp. Yeah. The first two albums. Yes. And there will be another one out in October. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Well, uh, thanks so much for giving up your Saturday you. for us, guys. It's been really great. Thank you. Thank you. We've had a great time. Hello. And uh, We have too. Yeah. It was nice playing in front of someone. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. So thank you. I'm glad we could <laughs> provide that experience for you again. Yeah. And I also want to just say thanks to you guys for doing this Hubs Hubs uh, podcast. I think what you guys are doing is awesome. And keep up the good work. It's really cool. Yeah, thanks.